morning, everyone. Good morning. Morning, Katie. Morning, Sharon. Hi, Bonnie, Kathleen, and Barry. Hi, Lori. Mariana. Stephanie. Welcome. Morning, Cheryl and Stephen. Hi, Anna. We're so glad you are all here. Welcome. Good morning, folks. Welcome. Lots of folks arriving. So glad you are here today. Glad to be able to create community. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Well, good morning. Our call to worship comes from my friend and colleague, Sharon Wiley, and our worship associate, Anna Royer, will offer it with me. We speak so often of brokenness in religious life. Let us today speak of wholeness. You are welcome here, all of you. Every part of you beautiful, just the way you are. Here, you do not need to be something more or something less. No holding back, no hiding. No exerting yourself, no trying to do more or be more. You have inherent worth and dignity. Nothing to prove here. Nothing to prove to me or to the person sitting next to you or to the children or to anyone. You don't have to try and be witty or more quiet or more outgoing. You are beautiful. Every part of you beautiful, just the way you are. You do not need to change anything about yourself to be welcome here. Your skin, your hair, your belly, your limbs, your face. All beautiful, just the way they are. You are extraordinary. Each and every one of you, different from each other and beautiful in your own beautiful way. Breathtaking. Let us worship together. We acknowledge that the land we gather on as a congregation where we live, work, and play was not freely given to us. We are gathered on the ancestral land of the Nuchu or Ute, Apache, the Pueblos, Hopi, Zuni, and Diné Nation. This was also a site of trade, gathering, and healing for other native tribes. We recognize the indigenous peoples as original stewards of this land. As these words are spoken and heard, the ties nations have to their ancestral homelands are, re are renewed and reaffirmed. 
We acknowledge that our use of and benefit from this land came at a dire cost to native nations and peoples whose land we now inhabit. I am Katie Kandarian Morris, the minister of the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Durango. I am so grateful to be creating community with you, our congregation of beautiful, caring and justice creating people. In these tender times of living through trauma while acting to build a more just world, it is a balm simply being together, responding to the world's hope and brokenness with our liberal religious values. And let's continue now in a spirit of prayer. And this morning for our prayer practice, I'm going to read these words and I'm going to read them twice. So for the first time, I'll read them at the normal pace and then we'll rest in silence. And then I'll read them again more slowly a second time. The words come from my colleague, Teresa Isoto. And they say, dear trans, non-binary, gender queer and gender expansive friends and kin and those of us whose gender is survival. You are not hard to love and respect. Your existence is a blessing. Your pronouns are not a burden or a trial. They are part of your name, just shorter. Some of our kin use only their names where pronouns would be, the names they are called. Remember that someone getting them wrong is not a poor reflection on you. It is not your fault. Your body, really and truly, belongs to you and no one else. The stories of your body, the names of your body's parts, your body's privacy, the sum of your body's glory. It is not okay for anyone to press their story of you back to the beginning of your, our liberation. We find the people ready to be, we will find the people ready to be on the freedom for the people way. We will go on. No one can rename you other. It can't stick as you offer the gift of being and saying who you are. Mostly though, your stories belong to you. Your joy and complexity are beautiful. However, you may choose to tell it or not tell it. Some folks, cis, may take their liberty for an unholy license. You are beloved. Please keep to our shared tasks of healing, getting free. Dear trans, non-binary, gender queer, and gender expansive friends and kin, and those of us whose gender is survival. You are not hard to love and respect. Your existence is a blessing. Your pronouns are not a burden or a trial. They are part of your name, just shorter. Some of our kin 
use only their names where pronouns would be the names they are called. Remember that someone getting them wrong is not a poor reflection on you. It is not your fault. Your body really and truly belongs to you, no one else. The stories of your body, the names of your body's parts, your body's privacy, the sum of your body's glory. It is not okay for anyone to press their story of you back to the beginning of your, our liberation. We will find the people ready to be on the freedom for the people way. We will go on. No one can rename you other. It can't stick as you offer the gift of being and saying who you are. Mostly though, your stories belong to you. Your joy and complexity are beautiful. However, you may choose to tell it or not tell it. Some folks, cis, may take their liberty for an unholy license. You are beloved. Please keep to our shared tasks of healing, getting free. May it be so. Amin, Ashe, Amen, blessed be. I stand before you this evening a proud African-American transgender woman from a working class background raised by a single mother. I stand before you an artist and an actress, a sister and a daughter, and I believe it's important to name the various intersecting components of my multiple identities because I'm not just one thing and neither are you. According to the National Coalition of Anti-Violence Projects, the nation of America that is, um, the, the homicide rate in the LGBTQ community is highest amongst trans women. In 2013, over 72% of all LGBTQ homicides were trans women. Over 67% were trans women of color. According to the Injustice at Every Turn National Transgender Survey, the unemployment rate in the transgender community in the United States is twice the national average, four times that for trans people of color. 16% of the transgender population has experienced incarceration compared to 1% of the rest of the population. And 78% of students in grades K through 12 who express a transgender or gender non-conforming identity experience harassment or bullying. This is in the States, 74% here in Canada. It is a state of emergency for far too many transgender people all over the world. 
But as Dr. Cornel West reminds us, justice is what love looks like in public. It is my belief that one of the biggest obstacles facing the transgender community are points of view which disavow our identities, points of view that suggest that no matter what we do, we are always and only the gender we were assigned at birth, points of view that suggest that no matter what I do, I'll never be a woman yet. Ain't I a woman? <laughs> My old friend, our Labor Day pulpit guest, Reverend Paul Langston Daly, wrote these words as part of a meditation. We, transgender people, bring attention to the false dichotomy. We threaten the binary. If the binary is not valid here, where else does it fail us? This is not an idle threat, but one that challenges the very foundation upon which the white cisgender hetero patriarchy is built. To resist this binary and invite something more profound. End quote from Paul. This coming Friday, November 20th, we will honor Transgender Day of Remembrance with an evening event. You are invited to attend to recognize and remember people who have died as a result of violence and intolerance and side with those whose lives are unsafe because of their transgender, non-binary and fluid identities. We will have more info about that before we close. I am so glad we are a learning community of faith and hope. It allows space as the UU principle written in simpler words says, we believe that we should accept one another and keep on learning together. Since my focus today is on black transgender women, I want to begin by being clear about where I come from. I am a cisgender white woman, meaning my identity and expression match the one in which I was assigned at birth. And I'm white, living with the privilege that overshadows the legacy and cause of racism. The reason that I am here speaking today with a message focused on transgender awareness and celebration, and in particular, black trans women, is not because of my personal experience, not to show you my expertise or proximity, but only because I am your minister. I place great value on affirming and supporting our LGBTQ ministry team, I appreciate their dedication and their excellence when they lead our worship. Because of that, I want to name the importance of our LGBTQ ministry on days when I am in the pulpit too. It is important that we center marginalized voices. Today, the voices of trans women, of black indigenous people of color, 
So I won't tell you my own stories, and I will only bring the stories of others who have invited their stories to be shared, like that you heard of Laverne Cox, excerpted from a longer talk that she gave in Toronto. Cox uses the famous declaration from 19th century activists and abolitionists Sojourner Truth, ain't I a woman? Truth didn't identify as transgender, but because her body, tall and muscular, her strong, sure voice presented a challenge to the dominant power. And while at the same time, her oratory demanded racial and gender equity. Why are black bodies such a threat? We might know that the normal body the normal body, the default of power and respect is that of the straight white man. There are variations on that identity like macho or educated, but the further you get away from the ideal, from any of the variations of that notion of perfection, the more marginalized you become. Everyone is supposed to be striving for power even if you are not the male ideal, society says you're supposed to complement that, like through a woman's femininity. So bodies and how we represent them are powerful. After Laverne Cox names her blackness and her identity as a transgender woman, she goes on to name all the other ways she identifies as an artist, a sister, a daughter, naming intersectioning components of her multiple identities because as she says, I am not just one thing and neither are you. Intersecting, intersectionality, the term originally originated by Kimberly Crenshaw, describing how people can be judged or discriminated against based on their crossing and connected identities, so might help each of us identify with traditionally marginalized individuals and groups because we love in ourselves and that we love that thing that we are more than just one thing. You might have heard Cox quote statistics that the homicide rate in the LGBT community is highest among trans women. And the greatest number of these is trans women of color. And recent statistics name the identities more specifically that the greatest number of homicides were among black trans women. After the homicide this summer in Baton Rouge of Keisha D. Hardy, police reports initially dead named Hardy referring to the name that she used before she transitioned. And they misgendered her using the wrong pronouns to refer to her. The National Center for Transgender Equity reports, the combination of transphobia and racism leaves black trans women unprotected and in harm's way. Cox tells us it is a state of emergency for far too many transgender people. The emergency she raises comes from what she calls 
points of view, what I would describe as harmful theologies that are not shared by the guiding principles and sources of Unitarian Universalism. And yet, although we do not share these points of view that black trans women will never quite be a woman, we swim in a sea in which exclusive and oppressive systems reign. We must, we must, as shared in the report of the Commission on Institutional Change from the UUA as is lifted up, we must recenter the truth telling that comes from voices at the margins of our faith. This call to spiritual maturity and growth means listening to marginalized voices and to create brave space where these truths can be held. Like the thread that we follow through the days here in our worship, we remembered Intersex Awareness Day on October 26th, celebrating October as LGBT History Month. We here at UUFD listened to and witnessed a profound and vulnerable personal message from our team member, Robert Bridges. His story is one of courage and self-acceptance and love. And if you missed it, it's still available on our website, so you can go take a listen. What do you love about yourself? And what parts of yourself have you been most uncomfortable with? How can I be more fabulous and realize every part of me is beautiful? As we move away from destructive theologies and worldviews, speaking and promoting real acceptance and love for others, we'll each be able to find real love for ourselves. We'll be able to more fully embrace the world we dream of. We are developing a universalist theology of liberation, referencing the widening the circle of concern from the Commission on Institutional Change. I'm reminded of a sermon by youth leader Paloma Kahlo that only when we come to bear witness to the cracked and shattered pieces can we begin to help heal what has been broken. Acknowledging others' beauty, slowly we begin to feel and believe our own. Your skin, as Sharon says, your hair, your belly, your limbs, your face, all beautiful just the way they are. You are extraordinary. Every part of you is beautiful. Hold your head up, girl. You're a sky full of stars. I love you. May it be so. Amen. Ashe. Blessed be. Amen.